listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, Wilson football fans, and welcome to the third episode of the new and improved Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays. Alongside of me sits Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. We have, we have plenty of football to talk about tonight. Uh, you know, it's been a little while since we've uh, checked in, but um, you know, a lot of a lot of good news. Last time, I think we we'd come back, you know, trying to rebound off of uh, you know a, a tough game. Um, and we've had some tough games along the stretch that we're going to talk about tonight, but um, a little more fun, a little more upbeat show tonight. Yeah, definitely. We are coming to you here now a little bit past schedule. We originally wanted to be on two weeks ago. Things got moved around, so we're here this evening. We have a lot of games to cover, uh, as Justin kind of alluded to. Last time we were here, we the uh, Bulldogs had just finished their uh, non-league slate of uh, the first three games of the season victories over Governor Mifflin and CD East, then a tough, tough loss to Central Dolphin. We recapped those games, but we're back here for episode three to go over the first five of seven Lancaster Lebanon League Section 1 games, and they will be the victories, all five of them, over McCaskey at McCaskey, uh, home versus Cedar Crest at Hempfield, which was a big one, Home versus Conestoga Valley, and most recently, just two nights ago, a big win at Mannheim Township, which has put the Bulldogs in the driver's seat all alone to re- to claim another league title, which would be their eighth in a row. So we have a lot to cover this evening. We'll have highlights, players of the games, and all that stuff. Um, but hey, Wilson football is... Uh, is where we expected to be at this point. I know there were some questions in in, in the early part of the season, but the Bulldogs uh, resilient, uh, fighting over a lot of adversity, primarily through the injury front, and um, they're starting to hit their stride. It's a good time of the year to be starting to play your best ball. That's right. You ju- you just need to. It doesn't really matter the sport. You need to kind of weather the storm of the regular season, uh, and then hopefully you start clicking and uh, you get healthy at the right time and. You know, we still have a few weeks left in the regular season, so hopefully they can continue to weather the storm and uh, hit their stride at the right time. Yeah, and the first game we're going to talk about here is the victory in Week 4, which saw the Bulldogs head down to Lancaster to take on the McCaskey Red Tornado. And as I mentioned, all those games were uh, Bulldog victories, continuing the streak of uh, section or league uh, wins. And this got them, we got there on a 38-7 to count. Wilson was able to top, top on McCaskey, 38-7. to This was back uh, over a month ago now. As I said, we've, we've got a lot of game to, games to cover. So back on Friday, September 25th, uh, Wilson took down the Red Tornado, 38-7. to It was a little sloppy early. Sometimes on the road, the team tends to start slow. Uh, obviously still missing some key players to injury. Primarily uh, Shane Dantzler was the big one uh, that everyone talks about all the time. Uh, Wilson kicked a field goal in the first quarter, uh, put up two touchdowns in the second, but before they were able to stretch that lead, uh, they are up 10 nothing when McCaskey actually mistakenly ran a fake punt. It was, it was a, I think it was a bad snap, but the return team was a, unable to stop them, and they picked up a big gain and scored, and all of a sudden it was 10-7, to 7, and you're starting to feel the heat. At least that's what the, the fans and media put forth. And I'm not saying this to, you know, just seem like I I, I knew this was going to happen, but, and this will come up when we talk about the Hempfield game, because of the history of the program, especially under Coach Doms' tenure the last 10 years now, you expect to win. It's not, that's not hyperbole. You honestly go into the game thinking, sometimes knowing you're going to win. So when an inferior team, doesn't matter the opponent, a team that you expect to, to beat, keeps the game close or even has a lead, people don't panic. The, the, people, the people that are important to the actual outcome of the game don't panic, meaning the coaches and the players don't ever start freaking out that this is the end. 
And you could see that in the second quarter in Lancaster, um, you know, back in week four. McCaskey scored late in the second half, like two or three minutes ago, cut it to 10 to 7, Wilson lead. And all the Bulldogs did was drive down the field and score a touchdown in the final minute to stretch that lead to 17-7. to Not great against a team that you know that you should be beating pretty handily, uh, but we all know the final outcome. The Wilson defense shut out McCaskey the rest of the way. They put up three more scores, and Wilson gets the 38-7 to win over McCaskey. Yeah, like you said, um, you know Wilson was able to kind of get get done what they needed to get done uh, in the first half there. It wasn't pretty, you know, it wasn't wasn't great, but uh, they were able to kind of go through and, um, you know, keep keep the lead, and it, I believe they stretched it just seconds before halftime uh, on a fourth down play um, that really stretched it at halftime. And then the second half, they were able to kind of um, exert themselves there. But, but when you look at it, I mean, the defense, you know, while it was close to the first half, the defense only gave up 114 yards, you know, so that, that's a pretty dominant, um, you know, and I know they only gave up to some points, but that's a pretty dominant, um, you know, game. And the, the offense was nearly at 400 yards of offense. So um, a lot of times in those types of games, when it's close, you kind of alluded to this earlier. If you, um, if the longer the game goes on, uh, sometimes, you know, when teams hang around, you know, that can lead to trouble. But other times, you know, as the game goes on, as, as you get further and further into the game, uh, when you see those types of disparity, um, it the score is also going to start to get um, to that point as well. And, and that's essentially what happened. Um, you know, Wilson was dominating in lots of aspects of the game, just not in the score. And then eventually, over time, uh, it you know, the score basically uh, – came on to match those other stats. All right, let's take a look at some of the highlights, some of the uh, the good Wilson plays from that McCaskey game here. Again, most of the time we're looking at some offensive things, and here we're going to have um, a pass from Colin Powers and a big hit by the McCaskey defender, but held on by Adam Close. That was a nice game in the game versus McCaskey uh, about six weeks ago. Tommy O'Brien got the start at running back as both Bailey McElroy and... Shane Dancer uh, missed some time during this game. Obviously, Dancer didn't play at all. But uh, you'll see O'Brien here. He had a couple big runs uh, coming up. He had two two rushing touchdowns on the night. Um, right there was a huge play uh, by Colin Powers hitting Fode Jallo on a really, really nice touchdown. Uh, or, excuse me, yeah. really, really nice long pass play. It was a good job of Tommy O'Brien picking up the guy coming from the outside too. Sometimes when you're down to your third running back, you know, um, that that can be a little shaky, but he, he stepped right in there. And here's the first point scored of the game. It was a field goal by Nick Hart. I think it ended up being about 25 yards or so. That put Wilson up 3 nothing, And uh, the highlight package decided to put – both angles into yeah. this now, which uh, they hadn't been doing so before. So it says ball on the 15, so, you know, yeah, 7 20, yards. 32-yarder. So. Uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, a little bit longer than I expected. Yeah, good. So, um, yeah, Wilson again up 3 nothing. Now we're going to get see a little bit of defense here. And uh, much like the game against C.D. East in Week 2, when you have an athletic quarterback and an athletic group of receivers, uh, the, the defensive line and linebackers have a lot to do to keep him corralled, and they did that. And you're seeing right here Ike Schonauer dropping back into um, into pass coverage, and he just kind of spies the quarterback. And when he goes to move, he mirrors him and takes him down. Yep. And uh, we're used to seeing that from Ike. We've seen it now for uh, basically three years, and uh, he's the reigning linebacker of the year in the league. And uh, I'd expect him to get a good look uh, for that award again this year. On the screen now is a quick pass from Colin Powers out to Bailey McElroy, who made his appearance here. He left later in the game with an injury, uh, but uh, just another a nice read by Colin Powers. His primary uh, receiver is not there, and he gets the screen pass out and uh, good blocking downfield, and, and Bailey McElroy picks up a big gain, uh, tw 20 to 30 yards. Another defensive highlight here for you from the McCaskey game, and it's oh. just a nice read on the screen pass. And uh, Alex Twyford picks off the ball 
over top of the yeah. receiver. He just jumps <laughs> over him. Here we got another angle from the from the rear camera here. You'll see the the McCaskey exactly lineman let all the uh, Wilson guys go, but Twyford there just tips it to tips himself. It to himself. Yeah. Yep, it's a, a great pay, play by the junior uh, Alex Twyford. He also got in on the action on offense as well. He's the one that scored the touchdown right before halftime, and uh, he also is catching that pass right there, which is going to set up uh, Wilson's first touchdown. <clears throat> so a lot of good action going on in the McCaskey game. We'll let this roll in here as we kind of just. Uh, Put a bow on uh, what happened in Lancaster about six weeks ago. N- not too much else to really say. You know, it was a good victory. Like we started out slow, but they get started gaining momentum. Players stepped up. Uh, Twyford and O'Brien had two touchdowns apiece, and uh, I believe the other, the the middle one went to Adam Close. We had the field goal from Nick Hart, and uh, there's Tommy O'Brien's first popping up on the screen there. That gave Wilson the ten nothing lead, but. A win is a win, and it was the first league game. Right. Uh, wasn't as crisp at the beginning, but and it was a good game to kind of bounce back after that Central Dolphin game, uh, where they had gotten uh, pretty banged up. Um, you know, just physical game. Um, you know, close game. You know, where Wilson uh, wasn't able to come out on top and to kind of rebound in this game and kind of work out some of those kinks in the first half. Um, but then really to get things rolling right before halftime and, and through the second half was was good for the team to kind of get rolling and back on moving in a positive direction again. Yeah, it, it really was. And, it, yeah, you, like you said, it, I mean, after the after the Central Dolphin game, which was such a heavy-hitting game, yeah. back and forth, the momentum changes, then having to travel on the road, start league play against the team. Whenever a team plays Wilson, they're always hyped up. And we've right. seen that. You, in the, in you the, get everybody's best everyone's shot. Everyone's best shot. And they the first, you know, first quarter. And you're going to see this, tricks. You're going to see all kinds of stuff. They have to be ready for everything. Right. Um, one one of the things you know that that really kind of has separated um, a lot of the great teams, and, and that would include you know many of these Wilson teams, is you can't let one bad you know outcome or you know one outcome that you, you lost uh, quickly become two. You know, and uh, when you think about that, if there was too much of a hangover from that Central Dolphin game, um, like you mentioned earlier, McCaskey has you know enough. Uh, talent at the skill positions where they can, you know, uh, you know, score some points in a hurry if you're not doing your job. So it was a good way to rebound and uh, get moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think that's about all we have to say about McCaskey. We've got a lot of games to cover, so we want to keep moving. There's a, a lot of highlights uh, of the game, especially since uh, it decided to give us two angles of each play, which is a little bit of a surprise compared to the first three games that we covered. Uh, but it's nice to be able to see how everything works out. All-around solid game, once again, from Colin Powers, a quarterback. The receivers made plays when they needed to. Uh, nice duo running between Bailey and Tommy O'Brien and the defense, again, swarming. Other than when they got pinned deep after that um, right. that punt mishap, they dominated the game. And that includes the backup and se- second-teamers, JV. Yeah. You said total yardage, 114 yards. The varsity didn't really play the entire fourth quarter, right? So and, you know, even the, the even the guys that are going to be stepping up next year in two years, uh, they were able to hang tough. You know, with and a that older that means squad. you're limiting you're limiting uh, you know the big plays you know that that sometimes you can give up there. So that was yeah, it was a good all around team effort. Uh, you know, a little slow start, but they got things going. They didn't panic like you said, and they were able to uh, you know get that win. All right, so. Wilson gets back in the win column. They got that victory over McCaskey. They moved to 3-1, and 1-0 in the league, and that's the big one. Uh, you'd love to go have another undefeated regular season, the third in a row, but the loss to Central Dolphin, it is what it is. It doesn't hurt right. you when you search for that league title, and that that is really the first goal. You want right. You want to get that every year. You know you'll be in the playoffs, and for, for this Wilson team, they're working towards an eighth straight. Well, the next week they returned home and were able to, were able to take on Cedarcrest, uh, at Gursky Stadium, and uh, fortunately, once again, Wilson was able to come out on top. Um, oh, I'm forgetting something though. Before we jump on, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about the player of the game for McCaskey. Uh, so let's pull that up right now. Na- there, we decided to go with junior tight end and defensive end Alex Twyfer. We showed you on that one play that um, tip to himself interception. I mentioned he also had two receiving touchdowns. In all, his stat line against McCaskey was five catches for 78 yards and two touchdowns. He also had two rushes for 13 yards and that aforementioned interception. Uh, 
really it was uh, Twyford and O'Brien who dominated the stat sheet, um, both juniors that will be back for the 2016 team. So it was nice to see to see them uh, stand out. And, and really both of them have played extremely well uh, over the next four games that we're going to talk about here. But uh, Alex Twyford was our player of the game for McCaskey. All right, so like I mentioned, moving to Cedar Crest game, Wilson came out on top of that one, and it actually wasn't even as close as the score would say. Uh, Wilson won 35-14, to but Cedar Crest's touchdown came in garbage time at the end uh, when they had younger players getting some uh, meaningful snaps in, in a, under the Friday night lights. It really was uh, another dominant performance by Wilson. They... Uh, Jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the first, added another two touchdowns in the second to be up 28-0 at halftime. Uh, they did stretch it to 35-0 before giving and, way yeah, to... They uh, stretched it to that 35-0, uh, in, invoked the, the mercy rule, and then um, immediately started subbing guys in. You know, it, it was a little early because that was still in the third quarter. Um, so, you know, I know there, there was some talk of, you know, should they have kept the starters in and everything. And I think... Um, you know, with we, we mentioned last game with the injuries and the way they had been mounting up in the first third of the season, um, I think um, that kind of made the decision for uh, the coaching staff and, and they were not going to risk anything. And especially with the mercy rule going on, uh, they started to get some of those young guys in there and uh, be able to kind of give them some time so that they could, um, you know, rest some of those starters and hopefully prevent uh, further injuries to some of those guys. So. Like you said, um, is really dominant. Um, you know, uh, I think I don't know if he's a freshman or a sophomore, but the the quarterback for Cedar Crest. Yeah, he's young. Um, I, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, and him I believe either. he's the brother of Evan Horn, he is, which yes. is the wide receiver and safety, and he's really good. Evan Horn is really good, and he's a player he, that you'd love right. to have on your team. And he was all over the field. Um, but you see here, you know, in that play right there, um, and Wilson was able outside of you know, a couple players, um, Wilson was able to kind of just pretty much do yeah, what they had planned to do. Not, was, not that they couldn't, you know, um, not that Cedar Crest didn't make any plays, but Wilson was able to go out and execute exactly how they, how they hoped they would be able to. And they took care of business. Yeah. It was, uh, it was all around solid effort once again against a, a team that, you know, just wasn't just, able to compete with, with the Wilson's talent. Real quick, that formation right there where you have Ike Schunhauer as the running back and with Alex Twyford, Twyford as the quarterback. Yeah. As the quarterback. Yeah. Wow. So you yeah, saw a lot of um, little bit of wrinkles here that we hadn't seen as much in the first four games where we saw different players take snaps other than Colin Powers. Um, Jake Klein, the backup quarterback, or came in in certain packages, got injured in the McCaskey game, is likely out for the season. So instead of uh, – they still mostly rely on Colin Powers, and he's been fabulous this year. Uh, just to put a few wrinkles in there, uh, they started playing a few other people in the center, primarily Alex Twyford in short yardage situations, but also John Fox, who, um, as I know all too well, was a quarterback uh, in middle school and uh, uh, definitely has the arm and the ability to play the position. So he uh, took a few snaps under center as well. And uh, everything was going uh, Wilson's way. They rushed out to a 35 nothing lead. It, it wasn't even as close to the final score. But some unsung people getting a lot of uh, time and action. People we don't mention as much, um, especially when they're uh, linemen. Um, luckily, they also play defensive line, so they can right. be able to rack up some stats there. But players like Ben Harris and Brett Kaufman, who's had a couple fabulous games at home yeah. uh, here against Cedar Crest, he collected he had, a few sacks. I think he had three sacks against Cedar And Crest, uh, yeah. he also did the same in upcoming against Conestoga Valley. So a lot of great play for some. You know, th those players are the ones that you need to perform to get to the level that Wilson's at. You're, every team's always going to have a player like Fox, Gaiman, Dantzler, Sean Auer, Every team's going to have a couple of those right. that are going to be big time players. And every so team's like, it's oh, those other eight, nine, right. ten guys exactly. on the field. At There's the same other time. seven, eight guys you have to have performed that may not get every. Well, that was a huge block by Adam yeah. Close there. You have to get all eleven guys operating at a high level. There's a couple guys that are going to get all the press, but it's an entire team effort. And uh, Wilson's no name seniors, you know, once they step up when it's that last year, that's what keeps the program going. And that's why this, the team is so strong once again this year because of those players that uh, may be uh, playing for the final time this season and they know that this is their last shot and they're definitely putting it all out there. 
and uh, clicking at the right time. So the Cedarcrest film is just finished up here. So we'll move on to our player of the game for Cedarcrest, which was senior wide receiver cornerback Jake Gaiman, who had a fabulous game. You saw his highlight, his uh, leaping touchdown, which I was fortunate enough to grab a picture of as well. And that is uh, what's up there on the screen now for recognizing Jake Gaiman as our player of the game for the victory over Cedarcrest. He only had two receptions, but he got 44 yards and a touchdown. Now, normally as a receiver, that's, you know, he got the touchdown. That's great. Right. But he also had four rushes for 96 yards a score as well. And then from his cornerback position, he had a tackle and a pass breakup. So an all-around solid game from the se senior speedster, Jake Gaiman. So congratulations to him for being our player of the game for the Week 5 win over Cedarcrest. So Wilson, another victory. They moved to 4-1 and one on the season. 2-0 in the league. And this also, I, um, you know, was was a big game. You know, uh, the second league win, uh, kind of keep things rolling there uh, with their league wins uh, so that they could um, kind of just, you know, uh, not really, you know, that uh, that record was coming into focus there. Um, and so, you know, that was a big win. Um, Cedarcrest, in some of their other games, had been able to put up like a lot of points. So, just not knowing what you're going to see out of that, you know, out of that opposing offense, it was, it was a, it was a good win uh, for Wilson to get. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I, and and be able to get some guys some reps and to rest some of the guys and nurse some injuries. Right, Wilson was still missing uh, a lot of players for the Cedar Crest game. Uh, primarily, once again, Shane Dancer. I mentioned Jake Klein had gone out of the McCaskey game with an injury and is expected to miss the season. Some some nice players stepped up and filled in, and uh, it, another victory. Right. Took another, care of business. Yeah, they they the defense didn't give up. The starting defense didn't give up a touchdown uh, at this point to the Cedar Crest game. The only points the the varsity D gave up was three to Mifflin, uh, nothing to CD East. 20 to Central Dolphins, they're at 23. McCaskey, they gave up one, 30. They didn't give up anything yeah. to Cedarcrest. Right. So in five games, the, the starting defense gave up 30 points. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, and, you know, looking back, I, I mentioned the record. Um, that that tied, the, at the time, that, that, that tied the record uh, for most consecutive um, LL League wins in a row, um, and that was... Uh, Mannheim Central's record, correct, um, back from, from the mid '90s to late '90s, very late '90s. Yeah. No, it was '99 to 2006. I, actually, I remember, I remember when they lost um, because I lived in Lancaster County at the time, and when they lost, um, the headline not of the sports page, the headline of the paper was "Hades has frozen" um, <laughs> because Mannheim Central had lost. Like, and that was. They hadn't lost in years um, in, in a league in game. In a league game, right. So, well, there was a state title in there, so they were ro they right, were rolling. They were right. a really good team, uh, 1999 to 2006. And I believe, and I, I wanted to check this, but I couldn't find the information uh, back into the 90s on the you know season-by-season season schedules, but I believe the Mannheim Central win streak that ended at 52, their first win in the league was the week after – we beat them in 1999 when Pete Gilmore rushed for over 300 yards hmm. and we had built a big lead and they started fighting coming back. Uh, but Wilson came out on top next week. Man, central went out and I think they put almost a hundred on whoever they played. I think they might've played like Solanco. Yeah. The they, they won yeah. like 93 to seven yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like something ridiculous. <laughs> that was, so that was, I think that was the first game, uh, of their historic win streak, right, which right. now, uh, um, Wilson had tied with this uh, victory over Cedarcrest, so that set up a huge game the next week. Um, yeah, traveling I, to uh, Landisville to play Hempfield, which who at was, the time was undefeated, five, five and zero, oh, and they were one of two teams expected to challenge Wilson for the Section One crown. Yeah, and, uh, you have it, to go back a long way. Um, Hempfield used to be up there at the near the top of Section One every year, and then they had hit a hit a spell there where. They weren't, um, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, I'm sure it's a variety of reasons, but they weren't there. And then um, they had a coaching change a few years ago, and um, it's actually been building in the right direction for them. And, you know, I know a few years ago you and I went up there uh, to watch the Wilson game, and we are like, man, that's, that team's bigger and a little better than we were uh, expecting to see. And Wilson took care of business and, and won that game. Um, 
but you can just tell, man, they're they they might be turning the corner. They might be onto something here, and they've continued to get better. They have since then, and they had shown it this year uh, so far. But they, everyone, I think, including Hemfield, would admit they hadn't done it against the best of the best. They played some decent teams, some teams that are going to make you know district playoffs and things like that. But you know, like you said, everybody, Wilson's going to get everybody's best shot, and this Hemfield game. Um, you know, Hemfield really wanted this one, and and not that Wilson didn't. Wilson wanted that record all of themselves. They didn't want to share it with me. No, you Central. don't ever want to but share it set a up a huge yeah. matchup in section one. And I think Hemfield had a bit of an issue, I believe, in the 2012 season. Kind of some, I don't want to call it a scandal because it's high school sports. How how scandalous could it really be? But there were a lot of players that I believe ended up being suspended yeah. or maybe even kicked off the Most team. Of the year, a think. lot of young players got to play, and it you know. They reaped the benefits over 2013, 2014, and into this season because those young guys have become leaders of the team. Sam Kramer and Will Blair among those, two very strong players uh, for Hemfield this year in 2015. Back in 2013, they made the district playoffs. They lost in overtime to, I believe, Central Dolphin. Then last year, they went to multiple overtimes with CD East. So they were clicking at the right time, too. They couldn't get that final score to um, advance them in the playoffs. We could have actually, I think that would have, if they would have beaten CD East in multiple overtimes on a Saturday night, we would have been playing Hempfield again. Talk about how some unlucky girls in playoffs, though. They oh, have yeah. to play Central Dolphin and CD East, and CD East was really good last year. Yeah. Um, you know, that there's some uh, an, a little bit of an unlucky factor there. But like you said, Hempfield was 5-0 coming into this game and, and ready to go. And... Um, as you're going to see, uh, push Wilson pretty good here. Um, in in some ways, uh, you know, in terms of a close game, um, you and I always have a discussion virtually, whether it's a Wilson game or whatever we're watching. You know, close games aren't always great games. Um, sometimes they're just close. I yeah, I wasn't there at this game, um, but again, this was a close game. It's it's a classic game, just in terms of what it meant. You know, in terms of the streak and what it meant. You know, in terms of the section and, and all those things, it wasn't just a random game. It's a no. big game, but there were there were plenty of mistakes to go around um, on both sides. So, still a little sloppy, but it's high school football. You're not going to have perfect games very often. No, and you know, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we said every game we're covering tonight was a win. So you know that Wilson won. Uh, it was a it was an exciting game, probably only because we won. Like if we if we would look back on it and it was a loss, you probably wouldn't call it an exciting. Yeah, it would, you know, tough really magnify those mistakes. Exactly, you'd look at the plays that you missed and be like, "This was a huge moment." Thankfully, luckily, Wilson was able to come away with the victory, fifteen to nine. They were trailing. Um, I don't want to say most of the games because it was tied um, at halftime, seven to seven. Wilson did get on the board first. They got that first score on a nice pass play from Colin Powers to John Fox. Unfortunately, that was at the end of the second quarter. <laughs> on the next kickoff, Will Blair took it to the house 90 yards, and all of a sudden the score was tied again. So they fought each other all first quarter, back and forth, neither offense getting too much momentum, although Wilson's offense was moving the ball better than Hempfield's. Uh, Hempfield did miss a long field goal. Wilson... Ended up just kind of shooting themselves in the foot or taking uh, bad penalties or or just, you know, missing missing passes, dropping passes, slipping on the field. You know, stuff was happening that, you know, just like, we just need a break. They weren't getting it. And uh, you score at the end of the second, and right away they come back and tie you. Uh, you go into halftime 7-7. Seven seven. What was interesting at halftime, being there with, with the team and the coaches as they prepare for the next, uh, next half of the game, the, the kids – were disappointed. They weren't down on themselves. They weren't, you know, thinking that they're in this crazy hole that they uh, that there's no way they're going to win this game because, like I said before, the Wilson mentality doesn't allow for that. You know, but they were obviously disappointed with the way things were going. The coaches were incredibly upbeat. They knew that their game plan and the way they've executed so far on both sides of the ball, everything that they wanted to do was there. It just took perfect execution. And it would take some time for that to come up, at least on the offensive side. Defensively, you know, since they only scored nine points, varsity defense, once again, did not give up any scores in this game. 
Right. They were scored on special teams. All nine points that Hemphill yeah. scored was on special teams. This was by a offense that was, I think, ranked third in the league at the time. Right, and was leading the league in rushing, I believe. Right, and the, they were potent. I think Sam Blair Kramer, had run over 200 yards the two previous games. Kramer and Blair were, were, were our electric or, players. Or let me rephrase that. I think Blair had, like, over 400 yards in the two previous games. Um, but uh, when I when I look at uh, some of the things, like you said, Wilson was just um, – you know, it's tough because the plays, the special team plays seem to really swing momentum more than the long sustained drives that um, that Wilson was trying to get. You know, so Wilson had to work so hard, was able to get in the end zone and then gives it up instantly. Uh, you know, and then, you know, they battle back and forth and then eventually they give up a safety on, on a botched punt. You yeah, know? a snap over the punter's right. head. And, yeah, you know, so then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, we're down nine seven, um, with with these you know it was issues an, uh, like, towards just, the end of the third quarter, right? And all of a sudden, then it all, all of a sudden everyone's thinking, well, is this the game? Is this not? I say everyone again. I'm speaking on on behalf of the everyone not who are on the Wilson sidelines. Everyone who's following along on Twitter, like myself, during this game, you know, just is this the game? And and you see the writers saying it, and they it's funny because they admittedly when they're saying this, they're like. I may regret this, but is right. this the game? Jeff, is this the end Jeff of Jeff Reiner right. said that is it going to be bookend losses for him? He was at the Mannheim Township game on uh, October 26, 2007. That was an amazing catch. <laughs> and uh, he's like, am I going to see the end of the streak? I saw this, the, the, basically the start of the streak, the last loss. Right. Am I going to see this loss here? Well, obviously that didn't happen. But, yeah, if you're watching the video here, we just showed the, uh, the, the touchdown pass to John Fox, um, which was an incredible catch. I was able to catch the uh, – the uh, and here's, the photos of that, and here is the uh, the botched snap, slightly over backup punter Connor Yurig's head, who's in the game now playing because Jake Klein out for the season with uh, the the kidney injury. Right, and so you know, Wilson goes down nine nine, nine seven, seven, and eight. then um, you know, but was able to well, and you know, uh, we had mentioned I don't know if we mentioned it on the air or off the air, but. Uh, Colin Powers is having quite the year, and um, he, I believe he was intercepted in the end zone. Yeah, on, on a just, great, it was a great play by the defensive back. You like, saw yeah. right there, if you're watching, the last play that just popped up in the highlights was a great pass play to John Fox to get him inside the 25. Right. Well, in the next couple plays on a fade route in the end zone, uh, Colin Powers was picked off for the first time and only time this season so far. Now, right. that was probably around six minutes or so to go. Right, and that's when... Everyone really was That's, like, yeah, that "Oh was man!" The point, you know, know, Wilson had struggled to get down in the red zone. Finally, gets close, and then a pick okay, in the end right. zone. And, you know, you're only down by two, so a field goal right there would have given Wilson the the lead as well. Right, but you throw right. the, the interception, the turnover crushes you. And if if there was some kind of high school football fan graphs, the win probability just dropped. Right, because exactly. now there's like six minutes to go. Well, thankfully, we have the Wilson defense. Right, they held Hemfield as they had done the entire night. And the Bulldogs got the ball back, and here we'll start up the highlights again. Uh, nice run by Bailey McElroy, and I believe he actually comes up uh, uh, gimping on a play here coming up and leaves the game, and we have not seen him since. Obviously, he's in right now, so it's not this play. Uh, but, yeah, Wilson was able to kind of methodically move it down the field after the defense had that great hold, and then they were able to kind of just get it started here, and, um, and as you'll see coming right up. there. Uh, yeah, that took was... that hit. Um, you know, and I, I think he's been kind of questionable. I don't think it's necessarily he hasn't played the last gonna... two weeks. Right. He has been on crutches. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out until the playoffs. Almost more of a precaution, kind right. of like they've taken a and, slow with Shane. Right, and yeah, as you kind of mentioned, you know, we, we're starting to see Shane be worked back in. So, um, you know, some of that, and and Tommy O'Brien has really stepped up. So here we go. This was this yeah, was the I wanna, big play. I just wanted to pause this before because. The play before this was actually the same formation. This uh, you know almost full full heavy line. I can full back. Twyford <laughs> taking the direct snap. Lots lots of weight. Lots of strength there. There was actually a fumble, and Wilson lost a few yards. Jeez. But they're back in the same formation, thinking you know they're going to run it again. Can Twyford throw it? Well, it doesn't matter because he's just going to take the ball. Pound his way through, break through a tackle, get across the goal line. You can see the side coaches was, and sideline side jump up in excitement. And uh, 
Here is the last play of the Hempfield drive. You're going to see pressure and Fode Jalo, the junior outside linebacker, takes him down for the sack, sealing the game, and there is the victory formation. And that, my friends, is how the Bulldogs were able to own the record for consecutive Lancaster Lebanon League wins of 53 and counting. Yeah, and um, the, like you said, it was an amazing win, and it, it was funny just hearing um, all of the different uh, all the different people talk about it in, in from different perspectives. You know, obviously, uh, you know we have more of a rooting interest in this in, in this streak and in in the games. Um, so as some of the teams were uh, waiting. Um, you know, to kind of see what would happen there and waiting for their chance. And uh, some of the writers are waiting and, and stuff like that to see the reaction to it. Um, you know, but then honestly, I, to be, to be fair, I did see plenty of congratulations going around, you know, just, you know, it, it's pretty amazing. Um, they were able to battle for it. They, they needed to earn it. Like you said, the defense didn't give up any points and you still find yourself down. That's one of those where a lot of teams kind of pack it in, especially after that interception with six minutes left. You might see a team go down and, and score and open up the lead or something like that. But uh, the defense didn't get down. They did their job, got the ball back, and the, you can tell it didn't really affect uh, Colin much at all. He, right. he went back, and he let him right back down the field oh, yeah, for he another did. touchdown. And that's what you need from a quarterback. You know, you'd love to have the powerful arm, the, the pinhole accuracy, but if you're having a quarterback and just forget the last play, good or bad, just go right. out there and Make do the their job. Play. That's something that to hold on to, and it's been right. a pleasant surprise from and, Colin and this you, year. And you said it, and you know, he, how true is it for everyone? I I don't know, but the team didn't panic. You know, the the team they get the ball with a few minutes left, and they're not panicked. They they know we can go down and score right here, and the coaches know we can go down and score right here, um, and and they did. Uh, you know, when you start to panic and you start to press, then then uh, bad things start happening. Everybody tries to do too much, and you know things start to fall apart. Um, against good teams, against against inferior teams, um, you know that that might still be good enough. Uh, but against against good teams, when when you're in a close game, you need to stick together and have everyone kind of firing together. And Wilson was able to do that. Uh, more about Colin Powers, and we heard this from Coach Palm on our preview show that um, he was a, a great surprise. Like they had confidence in him, but the way he worked over the summer, the way he looked mm -hmm. in camp and seven-on-sevens, and then when they got the full team camp, you know, the full pads in the scrimmages, it looked really, really great. And, you know, you don't want to say it was a surprise because you don't want to say that he was, he was not performing to what they thought beforehand, but when you have a senior step up like he has, his performance has been incredible. Now, jumping ahead a little bit, he's up to 14 touchdown passes he still only has the one interception right so if you can get that kind of ball security just decision making incredible yep. decision making in the clutch i mean his best game of the year was against central dolphin yeah he's almost set a wilson record for I mean, passing he threw, yards. For, like he threw yards for over 350 yards yeah that's that's crazy against one of the best teams in the state right like <laughs> And so, that, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, Tom Powers has absolutely been incredible. But again, uh, Wilson got their 53rd consecutive LL League win. That set a new record. And as you can see, if you're watching on the screen, Coach Doms is pretty fired up about that. Yeah, usually he's still pretty um, calm, cool, and collected after after the games when he's talking to the team. You know, he can be excited, but you know, he kind of helps keep things in perspective. And I think 53. Um, you know, they didn't really make any bones about it going into the game. They said we don't want to share the record we we want it you yeah. know they, oh, yeah. they were very clear about that um you know they were they were proud of what they had done but they felt that they weren't done yet uh so congratulations to the team to get that record and you know hopefully they can keep it rolling for a few more weeks yet this year <laughs> all right and the last part of on the hempfield victory again wilson came out on top 15 to 9 setting the the lancaster lebanon league record for most consecutive league victories player of the game once again, for the second time this year, it's going to be senior wide receiver safety John Fox. We mentioned that he had the uh, the lone touchdown pass. Uh, he had made that great catch. But he also set the tone when he got the ball on rushes, whether it was direct snap or not. On the first highlight that we showed, he absolutely trucked a defender and kept moving. He made bone-crunching hits on defense at least three or four times where I was shocked that the opponent was even able to get up. That's how hard he was hitting people. Um, he hit Kramer one time so hard, and this was might have been in the fourth quarter. I think it was after 
the the interception and Hemphill got the ball back. So we're around six minutes to play. He hit Kramer so hard that he actually had to come out. John Fox had to come out for a play just to gather himself before going back in and doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, so he finished with three receptions for 62 yards and a receiving touchdown, added four rushes for 35 yards, and made five tackles from his safety spot. And he's really one of the big leaders on this this squad this season. Yeah, stepped up and had a big game in a big game, and that's what you expect from your leaders. So uh, congratulations. And, uh, again, congratulations to the team on setting the record in that game. And hopefully they can continue to push it. Um, and we'll talk about at least a couple more times uh, in just a minute. Yeah, so we've, we've done three games. Wilson's now sitting at 5-1 and one through week six. They're 3-0 and oh in the league, which that's the big one that is the most important thing to take away there. They return back home to take on Conestoga Valley, who last year Wilson absolutely dominated there. For some reason, the Buckskins wanted the trash talk last season. I never really understood that. Wilson field dedication night to there put, too. Yeah, Wilson proceeded to put, I think it was 61 yeah. on them um, and basically shut them out until JV came in and gave up a couple scores, I think. But utter domination last year. More expected this, more of the same expected this season. And, uh, they certainly didn't disappoint um, the scores, once again, closer than it really needed to be because the Wilson starters were out of the game, I believe, in the end of the third quarter, maybe mid-third quarter. Uh, Wilson raced out to a, a nice lead early in, in this one, and they got the victory over Conestoga Valley 38-7. to They were up 31 nothing at halftime. They scored early in the third quarter to invoke the Mercy Rule. The clock was running. They gave way to backups in JV, who uh, gave up a score, I think, with like 15 seconds left. I think and, it was, yeah. Which disappoints the seniors and starters, because if you get a shutout, the defense gets pizza. Right. But it has to be the entire team. It can't right. just be the varsity. Right. So the entire so when they score with like 16 seconds to play, you know you know the seniors They're and starters so are mad. just like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh, but Wilson got the win, 38-7. to That's the most important thing. It was another another great game. Wilson dominated once again. Um, they held Conestoga Valley to net offensive yards 86. Whew. Now, this is an air raid offense that just throws the ball. And Stoltzvis, a junior quarterback, he's no slouch. No, he's, he's, he's he could be good. starting in a couple programs. Right. And they have, they have, I think they have at least one uh, receiver, running back, or someone who who is pretty good as well. So they they've got a couple pieces. Um, they're still trying to, you know, get get fully in step in that transition up to section one um, to give uh, Conestoga Valley some credit. They are, at least they appear to be, and not, this isn't based solely on, on the Wilson game. They appear to be miles ahead of where they were last year. Yes. Um, they had, they'd won two games in a row coming into this Wilson game. Yeah. They were actually um, three and three. Which, right. Which is again, I'm not sure they won a game last year. If they did, I think they only won a couple. They were, I um, think they finished like two and eight. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was a big, um, yeah, they're moving in the right direction. They still have a long ways to go. But, again, this coming off of the big win at Hempfield, um, you know, again, sometimes this can be trouble for, for some teams. And, you know, Wilson handled their business right from the start and didn't let this ever be in question. Yeah, and, and I mean, literally everything you just said from the start, John Fox and Wilson offense scored, I believe, on the third place from scrimmage. Mm -hmm. One of the big things, if you're watching the video screen, you'll see for the first time since the Governor Mifflin game, that number six running the ball. Shane yeah. Dantzler made a triumphant return to the lineup. He's still not full speed, you know, not 100% um, healthy, but he got back you out a few know it carries. Based on the last time. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, when they say that he's not ready to go, when you look at some of the stuff he did against Conestoga Valley, you just kind of shake your head. He had uh, seven carries for 68 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but he looked good. You know, you can right. hear uh, Justin talking about uh, some of the things that he was able to do. Um, John Fox, again, two touchdowns. Great catch, though. He scored on, I believe, the third offensive play from scrimmage, and um, that just kind of signaled the way things were going to go all night. Um, here on the screen, you're seeing Good a shovel pass Tommy. to Tommy O'Brien, and he just breaks tackle after tackle and just keeps on going. And, again, this kid's a junior and will be back as a two-way starter next season. Um, we're going to get a nice little field goal here from Nick Hart. 27-yarder, 28-yarder. Good, and uh, – yeah, that was good by a long way. Yeah, he, he had had good air under that one. And here we'll get a nice defensive highlight. We see a combined sack from Leo Quigley and Brett Coffin, who, again, when we talked about the Cedar Crest game, we said how uh, 
Brett Kaufman was in the backfield all night. It was, same thing held true for the win against Conestoga Valley. Brett Kaufman all over the place looking great in the victory uh, just a couple weeks ago. So uh, we'll let the highlights play out here. There's just a couple more to go before we move on to the uh, the last contest we have to talk about. Uh, but again, Wilson just looked absolutely phenomenal the last in their last home game. Everything clicking correctly in all phases of the game. Um, Wilson just just dominated, um, out out uh, gained the CV team by over 300 yards. Wilson had 389 yards of total offense, and they held CV to, again to 86. Yeah. So again, the offense was clicking, and the defense was too. Uh, then that's that's a good combination. So oh, it's um, absolutely a great you know, combination. Great job. Um, we did not have a letdown after the big emotional game at Hempfield and to come out and take care of business and again get some meaningful reps for some of those other guys uh, you know that and we see that this year if you look at some of the injuries that they had in the first part of the season um, having those opportunities to get those guys in that needed to step up this year maybe last year in some of those games so that some of their meaning maybe this year was some of their first meaningful snaps but they were getting snaps last year, you know, just even for some of the guys that that's huge, getting those guys some uh, experience. So um, congratulations to the team on that big win over uh, Conestoga Valley. And then that led, um, you know, to to uh, our, our player of the game for uh, the Conestoga Valley game. Yeah, it was a tough one to pick because I said John Fox had a couple touchdowns. He looked good. Defense was swarming once again. We got to get Ike Sean out in here one of these weeks because he's all over the field making tackles left and right. Um, but we looked at it and just thought Colin Powers had another efficient game, 16 of 23, 200 yards, two touchdowns. So we give him the player of the game honors for Conestoga Valley. That's his second player of the game award. And in, in those two games that – he got the award from us. He's thrown for over 550 yards. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, pr- pretty good. Uh, pretty good quarterbacking from the, the senior, uh, Colin Powers. So, all right. Last game. This one just two nights ago. This was the big one. After Wilson got by Hempfield two weeks ago, took care of business against Conestoga Valley. That set up a huge showdown in Neffsville, which, as I mentioned before, was the last place that Wilson lost. A league game. Again, yeah. it was way back on October 26, 2007. I like I, the stats that you see in the paper every time. I get, think this year's seniors were in fourth, fourth grade, grade when that yep. happened. These, these guys, these seniors, John Fox, Shane Dantzler, Jake Gaiman, think about that. Nick Klein, you know, all those guys, Pete Widener, um, those guys were all in fourth grade the last time Wilson lost a game. Unbelievable. So They were still three or four years away from playing for me. Right. Think about think about some of the young kids, you know, you know, if you have a sophomore here and there that that's in the game, you know, think about what they're in second grade, (laughs) second grade last time Wilson lost a league game. So this is a huge one. Nestville, all the media was there. WGL, Reading Eagle, all the Lancashire. This was the big one. I love seeing the stuff on Twitter from the writers just like, whoa, it's packed in the press box tonight, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't happen a lot for high school games because there's so many going on. They have right. to, they have to spread their guys out. But well, there's when another you get a, big one when, going right, on too. Right, exactly. Cumberland Valley at Central Dolphin. Right. So when you get a big game, when you get two huge games within the district in the same like classification, even, um, you know, to have that many people at one spot was was kind of cool. This one had been circled since the summer, yep. maybe last spring, maybe even last fall when Wilson beat Township twice, but we knew Township had a lot of talent coming back, especially quarterback Eric Benjamin and wide receiver John Stutz, and they have been just dismantling teams. Yeah. Now, they fell the Central Dolphin in, in week, week one, one uh, but, big, 42-12, to 12, right. but they rattled off six straight victories, all pretty convincing. Yeah. Uh, they look good and doing again, it. And again, another offense that was completely I steamrolling teams coming second in. Second in the league, I think, in offense and yep. probably the best passing I think they were second in the attack. league in defense, too, coming in. So this was an all-around great squad that Wilson was facing in Nashville uh, Friday night. And, um, well, things went a little bit different than uh, I think uh, all the media and at least half of the fans expected. Right, yeah. Um, Wilson was able to, to kind of get things going again um, very quickly. Uh, and, and that's that's huge uh, to jump out on teams, um, you know, kind of like set the tone early is really um, kind of key, especially when you have a defense like Wilson's that traditionally has been pretty good. Um, you know, and again, Stars didn't give up a touchdown 
in the Conestoga Valley game. So or I the think Cedar Crest game. I think you can go back to the McCaskey game. The McCaskey game is the so last week time. four had been the last time the offense or the defense had given up uh, a touchdown. The starting defense. The starting right, a correct. The starting. And so like, defense. oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, because yeah, week five, McCaskey got the one. Nothing for Cedar Crest. Nothing for Hempfield. That was all special teams. Right. Nothing for Conestoga Valley on, on the starters. Right. So you take a defense that's clicking to Manheim Townshiping that gets that that exquisite attack. Something's right. got to give, right? right. And so you know, give. if you can jump early, that that might mean good things. And, well, uh, the Bulldogs got it done, and they jumped out to an early lead, and they played suffocating defense, despite what the scoreboard says. Forty-eight to twenty-seven sounds like an offensive slugfest. Wilson was able to get three more. Well, it really wasn't that close. It was. 48 to 13 um, in the fourth quarter before uh, Wilson put in their uh, backups and JVs. And Wilson actually gifted one to Township on a fumble recovery and returned for a, a touchdown. So that one doesn't even go against the defense. Um, two of their others were against the backups. So right. the starting defense gave up one touchdown to Township. They missed the extra point. So they only gave up the six. And that. Township's touchdown drive was aided by multiple penalties, a few of which would be considered soft. Not saying that they didn't happen, um, but it's kind of one of those 50-50 wasn't going to be called. Um, but they got called, they gave up the touchdown. But, I mean, really, again, now we're eight weeks into the season. The starting defense has given up 36 points. Yeah, that's that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not so, even five points a game. Right. So, you know, um, again, it, they they were going to be tested in this game, uh, and they they passed with flying colors. Yeah. They they did they did really well. Let's roll the highlights here, and we'll kind of talk about them since it just happened. They started out on fire. Wilson got the ball, and you see and, number uh, six running the ball. There's again. Shane Dancer again, still not completely healthy. I think he himself said about seventy percent, and he looked pretty darn good yeah. for seventy. So for he 70%. took. Uh, he's getting hit behind the line and bouncing out, and there he goes. That's that's what he brings so, to the table. Two plays, and I think he already has thirty some rushing yards. And then this sits up the third offensive play for Wilson from scrimmage, which is just going to be oh a forty yard touchdown to uh, junior tight end Alex Twyford, and uh, that really started things going for Wilson. Now on the the, the immediate next series, the one that Township was on offense. Um, well, they went for a fake punt, and um, the Wilson coaches knew what to do, and they sent Jake Gaiman from his hot spot, and him and Ike Schonauer, uh silenced them. him at the 21. Wilson took over, and on literally the next play, Colin Powers connects with John Fox, and all of a sudden, Wilson's up two scores. The only unfortunate thing and the one blemish to start the game, <laughs> both of Nick Hart's extra point attempts or blocked by the same guy same guy yeah the one on the screen now is actual the field goal block by the wilson special teams unit so they got able to get back with them for that and you heard me say man and township on their score against the varsity d they actually wilson um actually township missed their extra points mm -hmm. so there's a lot of uh, kicking game issues um but here another another nice run from shane dantzler here's going to be a nice pitch and catch um, with, I believe, Adam Close here. He's going to make a defender miss after t t catching the ball from Colin Powers, and he gets down the field. Um, but really great all-around team effort once again from Wilson, and this was their best game of the year. You know, they, they played tough with Central Dolphin, only lost by that one point, but there were so many penalties and miscues. Wilson had two touchdowns called back. Yep. They, they, they missed a field goal after getting called for um, – I believe in equipment. Illegal, yeah, equipment illegal equipment or not having enough. Right. Um, this was easily their best game. Now, like I said, they had the, the rushing fumble that was returned for a score. They missed two extra points. But their offense was essentially unstoppable. Like, there was nothing Township could do to stop the Wilson offense. This is the best the Wilson offense has looked in in a long time. Right. Uh, that that one right there to Jake Gaiman, he was so wide open that when like Colin threw the it. ball, I thought that the defender was going to get over there because Colin put so much air right, under right. it. But he, I mean, there was no one when Colin wound up to throw the ball. Was there was nice no one within fifteen yards, twenty yards of him. And that was the two point conversion that Jake Gaiman route right there. And then here's a nice special teams play from Mason McElroy. He picks up the rolling kick at about Wilson twenty two, and he sprints all the way to the Mannheim Township 46, which yeah. just set up the uh, the third quarter to start off right. There was also a 15-yard uh, personal foul for hitting Mason when he went out of bounds. Jake Gaiman takes the next step, and he 
sprints deep into Manheim Township territory, goes out around the 10-yard line. And then a few plays later, Jake Gaiman's going to take the direct snap, and uh, he's going to get in for the score. And the route was on. Like, they just couldn't – they could not stop anything Wilson did. And the Wilson defense, once again, if you're only giving up six points um, – to the to Eric Benjamin and, and that offense that what they have been doing you're doing something right and uh, Jake Gaiman was able to obviously he also plays cornerback he his highlights usually are on the offensive side and he himself has said he loves to play receiver but he's also becoming a pretty good cornerback yeah and uh, he met, much of the night had to cover John Stutz who was the league leader uh, wide receiver after missing he missed the Central Dolphin game but he's still leading the league in receiving. Jake Gaiman and the Wilson secondary held him to one catch for nine yards. Yeah, that, that's huge, um, especially when you're up big and you know they're going to be back there gunning it even more than usual. Um, so that was – the defense helped to set that up. And, uh, you know, but like you said, and like we kind of mentioned earlier, the offense being able to get things clicking and rolling early in the game kind of just plays right into Wilson's hands, you know, because when, when you become – one-dimensional against the Wilson defense that's going to play right into Wilson's hands usually yeah. right I'll, I'll take I'll take our chances with that yeah now the confusing thing if you look at the box score you know you think all right Wilson won by three touchdowns that's a pretty dominant victory um it but like I said it was not that close right Wilson was up 48 to 13 one of the scores was by the def you know by the township defense so the the Wilson defense was smothering if you look at the box score, Township gained 338 yards. That's pretty good. But, again, a lot of that came when the Wilson Stars were done. Right. Like, Benjamin and Stutz were not getting anything done. Uh, it was just an all-around swarming, smothering defense. Offense looked great. And I said special teams were making plays. Now, obviously, the the blocked extra points are something that has to be addressed. But the return game and the, the other aspects of the kicking game were working uh, very, very well. And uh, just a total team team effort, a great win for the Bulldogs, 48-27 to 27 over Township. And Wilson now owns or sits alone in the driver's seat for another league title. Wouldn't have to share it with anyone as long as they take care of business these final two weeks. They're both at home, which is a plus. They're also both against the two worst teams in the Lancaster-Lebanon League. Uh, Penn Manor, I believe, is 0-8. Yep. who Wilson plays this Friday, the 30th of October. Then the following week on November 6th, the regular season finale is at home against Warwick, who at this point is 2-6. and six. Right. So, you know, uh, puts Wilson in the driver's seat. Um, like like we've said before, you, you know, you have to come and you have to be ready to, to take care of business because you're going to get uh, probably you'll get Penn Manor's best shot this week and you're going to get Warwick's best shot the next week. Um, you know, you it's just the way it is. Uh, when when you're up there, you, you have that target on your back, um, you know. But you know, I, hopefully, and I, I think they will be ready to to answer that call and and be ready to go uh, for those two games. Because I feel like this team, I think uh, this Manheim Township game really kind of they feel like they're starting to hit hit their stride, and this team feels like they they haven't reached their potential yet, even though they're playing really well right now. And that's good because you know when the team thinks they're um, they've kind of reached their peak, then then you start kind of getting lax days going things like that. But when when you you think you're you're uh, you know you have something to prove yet, when you want to go out there and get things done, that's that that helps a lot. Like I mentioned, this was a total dominant effort, and uh, the coaches are extremely happy, extremely pleased. You can see um, offense coordinator Jeremy Palm was extremely happy. Uh, in the fourth quarter after uh, his offense scored again. This was uh, on a big – it was a fourth down play, and they threw a little slant just to pick up you know, pick up the uh, the first down, run some more clock off. Um, actually, I think this was the third quarter. <laughs> it was 48-13, eight minutes left in the third quarter. Um, that that was right after the last Wilson touchdown and was fourth and four, little slant pass to Jake Gaiman, who takes it 50 yards to the house. So um, – Incredible game plan by the offensive coaches. Uh, and incredible, superb game plan from the defensive co coaches. Um, Wolver, Palm, and obviously Coach Doms. The, what they've been able to do um, 
against Township with some of the talent they've had has been incredible. And this one, it was the best of the bunch. I know the last two seasons, 2013 and 2014, played Township twice, beat yep. them both in the regular season and in the playoffs. So maybe we'll see him again this year. Who knows? Uh, but this time around, Wilson got the best of them in every facet. Um, coaching was absolutely incredible, um, which it made it tough to pick a player of the game. And because we had called it player of the game, I didn't want, didn't give it to any of the coaches who I absolutely thought deserved it for this game, which you could probably say that every week um, with, with the coaching staff that Wilson has and has had for the last you know three or four decades. But... Since we call it player of the game, we're going to go with players this week, not singling anyone out, although we said um, we need to give it at some point to Ike Schonauer. So this is as close we've gotten so far. So for the Mannheim Township game, we're actually going to say, congratulations, Wilson defense, you're the player of the game. Because when you can hold Eric Benjamin um, to the output that he that he was able to do, which was not much, um, at least not when they were in the game, um, he was, um, let's see, where is it here? He was 9 of 24 for 129 yards and one touchdown. Now, he did get 63 yards uh, and a score on the ground, but again, one of those was not against the varsity defense. Um, they they really limited what Benjamin could do. And again, I mentioned John Stutz. You hold him to one catch for not even, that wouldn't even have picked up a first down. You know, a first and 10, he only got nine yards. What an incredible job by the secondary to corral Benjamin and Stutz and the game plan um, set up by Coach Wolver and executed by uh, Coach Naples. Um, you know, Wilson still facing some injuries. You know, last week they lost uh, another outside linebacker, Nick Stapone, to a knee injury. That forced uh, the uh, backup safety or the, the nickel dime back, uh, Tommy O'Brien, uh, to kind of play a little bit of a hybrid linebacker position. But him, Fox... Uh, Adam Close, another one of those underrated seniors that doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, Jake Gaiman, uh, Mason McElroy, and at times Brian Wright as well. Like any any of those defenders, those those DBs, what an incredible game from them. And obviously the swarming line linebackers played their share too. And that's why we're going to say the entire Wilson defense, you're the player of the game against Mannheim Township. So that wraps up thus the uh, the breakdown of the five games, all five Wilson victories. They're sitting at 7-1 and one on the year. Uh, more importantly, 5-0 and in the league. Again, two more games against some of the uh, the uh, weaker uh, Section 1 opponents in Penn Manor and Warwick the next two weeks. But we do want to talk a little bit about here some of the streaks that, that the Wilson team are going on right now. Um, like we mentioned earlier, the win against Hempfield was their 53rd straight Lancaster led in the league Section 1 victory, setting a new league mark. With their victory over Township Friday night, they bumped that up to 55 and counting. They also now have 52 consecutive non-losing seasons when they got to six wins this year. The last time Wilson had a losing season, meaning they won less than 500 of their games, so generally four wins or less. Oh, that was way back in 1963, which was the season before Coach John Gursky arrived in West Lawn. Also, now with that sixth victory, they got to 40 consecutive winning seasons, which more than 500, so you had to win at least six games uh, primarily the way that the league is set up. The last time Wilson uh, won less than six games was 1975. Wilson went 5-5 five and five that season. few streaks that are also getting ready to be extended, and they can clinch... Um, the extension of this streak is the league titles. They have seven straight right now. And if they beat Penn Manor on Friday, October 30th, they'll clinch at least a share of the title. Right. Um, beat Warwick the next week, they would have it outright for the eighth consecutive year. Uh, also, they're chasing another one. They are trying to get to eight consecutive seasons with ten or more victories. They, With two last two regular season victories, they'd be at nine, so they need to win the first round of the District 3 Quad A playoffs. So three more wins, and that will make an eighth straight season that they've won at least ten games. Yeah, uh, some impressive numbers there. Um, you know, and like you said, that that's uh, you know kind of a testament to just how how things have been for a while. Um, you know, some of those going back uh, well before um, you know our, our parents <laughs> went to Wilson. So um, pretty pretty impressive streaks that that have been put together there, um, and including 
uh, the, the current streaks of you know league wins and league titles, and hopefully they can finish out the next two weeks um, to, to keep those league titles going and then into the playoffs to keep the 10-win the uh, seasons going. So. Speaking of the playoffs, we have power ratings have been coming out for a number of weeks. Let's try that one more time. The power ratings have been coming out for the last few weeks now. I haven't talked about them really because until you get to this point of the season, what's the point? And some would say, what's the point now? Because there's still two more games to be played. But just to give people an idea of the way things are shaping up, um, the power ratings after week eight have been updated. So if the District 3 Quad A playoffs started today and you're watching this, you can see what the breakdown would be, uh, the brackets. Wilson jumped up to no spot number two. Uh, so the only way they could beat the number one team in districts would still continues to be Central Dolphin, despite their loss to Cumberland Valley on a last-second 40-yard field goal by CV. Uh, Central Dolphin stays up on top. 16 teams make it. Wilson's currently number two. They jumped over Exeter following the Week 8 victory. Exeter is still undefeated as well. So is Dallastown, but they're way down at number seven because of their strength of schedule. Wilson would currently be starting with Carlisle, who they started with last year in the first round of the playoffs. Should they win over Carlisle, they would play the winner of Dallastown against CD East, a team that we've faced three times in the last uh, 16 months. Uh, and Exeter also on Wilson's side of the bracket with Harrisburg, Lower Dauphin, and Cedar Cliff. Uh, Governor Mifflin on the other side. Um, but again, this is all preliminary. There's two more weeks to go. There's right, some big games Exeter left. Exeter and Mifflin playing next week. And then in Week 10, Hempfield and Mannheim Township play. Right. So. Week 10, also Central Dolphin against Brother School CD East. So there's a lot of big games right. left, so this left will, to go. This will shuffle around a little bit. but I would um, be interested to see if Reading can win their final two games to push into the playoffs. Yeah. They're 17th right now, so they're on the cusp and could be a first-round matchup. If they win their last two, I have to imagine. Oh, yeah, they if they it. win their last two, they'll be If they win in. one of the next two, it'll, it'll be, be close. Yep, right. It'll be iffy. So that's the way it stands right now. Wilson's second in the power ratings with two games to go. I don't think they can catch Central Dolphin without a CD loss. I don't think Exeter will catch Wilson, though it could be close. But as you mentioned before we started the show, they do have to play a triple-A team, which impacts the way that their right. power ratings can jump up. If Exeter wins out and Wilson wins out, I expect Wilson and Exeter to be 2-3. Yeah, I, I would agree. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Do you have anything else to add as we, we wrap up the, the regular season in the next two weeks? I do not. Just good luck uh, moving into these last two weeks of the regular season. Keep things going uh, in the right direction. Yeah, congratulations on all the milestones to the coaches, players, alumni, fans, everyone. Uh, it's great to be a part of such an incredible program over the years, and uh, that trend doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. Hopefully Wilson can win Friday against Penn Manor and then Woolrick the following week, get to 9-1, and one, win the 8th straight outright LL title, be in the top two in the district standings, and then have a guaranteed uh, three home games should they continue to win before a big uh, district three quad a championship on saturday december 5th let's yeah. hope that's uh let's hope we're still broadcasting uh talking about this team come uh, december once again it'll be fun all right before we run off i do want to mention that i want to thank our sponsor our sole sponsor so far is may sandwich shop and i i thank them and my father for uh for helping us out with the costs of getting the show started and continuing to put out the content so uh thank you to uh to may sandwich shop for supporting us uh, if you would like to support the show, you can do that. Visit BulldogHour.com and click on the links that tell you how you can support the show via direct donation or uh, via Patreon where you can get some perks for supporting us here at the Bulldog Hour. All right. Well, then I think that wraps it up. Uh, we will be back again probably in about three weeks once the playoffs get rolling. Um, after round one or round two of District 3 Quad A playoffs, we will have the fourth episode of the Bulldog Hour. Um, but until next time, I'm Joe Mays. And I'm Justin Raffoff. Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.